on this episode of Quantum Week, September 18th through 24th, 2011. Welcome to Quantum Week. I am Matt. I'm Chris. And this is a show where Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and explore the cultural events, the history, the movies, the music, everything that makes that time period unique. You bet. Let's get started. Let's do it. So uh, this uh, week uh, is in middle of September. Yes. 2011. Yes. Is that fair? That's fair. Okay. Uh, the movie we chose uh, is uh, the movie that came out that week, Moneyball. Moneyball. Now, ha- had you seen Moneyball before? I did. I read the book, actually. Okay, I did too. Same, same author, same. Blind, Blindside, right? And yep. Michael Lewis. Yeah, and uh, Big Short. And the big yeah, short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep absolutely. Uh, I read the book as well. Book is phenomenal. Great book. Go love the book. Yeah. So if you're if you're a fan of that type of baseball or sports or even like getting an edge. Yeah. Right. It's almost written like a business, uh, like a, like a book about business, which is uh, Moneyball is kind of framed that way. It is. It's not a, a sports movie. No. Even though it's based around sports, right. you're not. It's it's it's, it's a corporate movie. Yeah, it's a corporate movie. Uh, and it's about. And under it's it's in a lot of ways it has a lot of the same roots, the same like distant relatives as the Big Short. Yeah, it does. It, it's not completely removed from that. Um, I love this movie. It's a great movie. I love this movie a ton. I love the book. I love the premise of it. I love this movie so much, and I hadn't seen it since I since it came out. Yeah, I, I saw it in the twenty eleven. I saw it, yeah. and then that, that's it. Yeah. I need because I read the book. I'm like, all right. I forgot how good this was. Yeah, it's real this good. This is fantastic. And there are tons of great actors again in this, this like, cast, same as last another week. stacked. Last week we did, uh, or last episode we did Talented Mr. Ripley. Right. Had which it. has this stacked cast. This cast, you could argue, is even more stacked. Yeah. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Chris Pratt. Jonah Hill. Is that a, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Right. Robin Wright Penn even is Robin, in, in, a is tiny, in like one scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With her douchebag husband. With this, yeah. This, 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 <laughs> trying to be cool. This, yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. asshole guy. Uh well, like this, like super stacked cast, um, including I, I, I almost have to start with this because one of the first things I think about the movie when it, when it's Philip Seymour Hoffman in this completely thankless role. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's but this is the guy that like blew off the doors in uh, Boogie Nights, uh, Capote, which is also directed by Bennett Miller, Magnolia. Magnolia. Yeah. Think about all of the great, even like shitty movies like Mission Impossible. All oh, right, he's great in that. Yeah, he is great in so many movies. This movie, I'm not saying he's not great, but it's almost like he's intentionally like just being the most boring human being alive. Art Howe. It, yeah, that's right. Who isn't that boring in real life? He's close. I don't even know what, what his he, personality is like. Because didn't they get rid of him for, was it no, Bob he, Melvin or something afterwards? I think, I forget it was Melvin who took over next. It might have been. I think you're right. Art Howe went to manage the Mets. He oh, got a huge yeah, that's deal right. You're a Mets fan. Go, that's and right. I'm a Mets fan. Yeah. And uh, the team immediately went from being mediocre under Bobby Valentine to complete shit under Oh, Art yeah, because it had like, nothing overnight. to do with The success in Oakland had nothing to do nothing with that. Nothing. In fact, he threw a uh, wrench into those gears, stamping his foot around for, you know, he trying was, to block what uh, Absolutely. Brad, uh, I don't know if it was, Bobby Bean was doing. as 
as the movie portrays. It might not have been that bad. But it was definitely there. But I think that's why they split. I think that's why how left oh, is because oh, Bean was like, you're right. not going to do it my it way. Get the working. fuck out of here. Yeah, it, right. wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a good fit. Yeah. So that Philip Seymour Hoffman performance is so bizarre. It like, is bizarre. It's like, why would he even want to do this movie? <laughs> yeah, because it's not showing off his skills, really. He's just getting kicked it's around. so strange. It's like he <laughs> has no great <laughs> monologue. He has no, no great scene. He's it's, just kind of like Eeyore-ish. He's not even like a great villain. No. He's just kind of there. Yeah. Mediocre. A lot of times they'll even show it, like the camera will pan, and there's like, there's Phil Hoffman in the back left corner of your screen. It's so strange. It's a very strange role It's one of the oddest things. Well, same thing with Robin. I don't understand why she took this role either. She's I like, almost, I want to just be a part of this. So I have, so I, some of that movie was cut. Oh, was it? And I guess he had a whole scene that was more of the domestic side. I guess oh. I guess he has. Because you notice Billy Bean is wearing a, re- a wedding ring. That I did notice that. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, they this guy's been... life is in tatters and something shitty condominium. I'm like, what's going on with this guy? Right. Ends up, uh, they they, uh, they actually filmed a scene with his second wife and they just cut it. It was just, it was adding, oh. the movie itself is kind of long. It's what, like 133 minutes? Yeah, it's definitely over two hours. Imagine if you had like an, all this padding with this extra wife and I think other domestic stuff. And it wasn't necessary. For it the, wasn't necessary. For the plot. No. Um, and the other thing, obviously, that everyone talks about the movie, which is totally true and completely holds up, is how good Brad Pitt is in this. Oh, he's amazing. He's incredible. Like, you see his silent rage, which seem, uh, from the book, that's how they paint Billy Bean, and too. He's just got this, like, point. that just explodes. He explodes. Yeah, he's, yeah, like, he, calm and cool yeah. and then just goes at it. Busts a chair. No time. Breaks windows. No time for bullshit. Right? In the, like, no. the scouting meetings, he's just, like, just... So has no patience for this stupidity. No. And they're, like, the small thinking. I he, wouldn't either if I were him. I wouldn't either, but a lot of times people are just polite. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, but true. people are yeah. polite to a, like, to a point. They're like, oh, that's a good idea. He does hit well, or he does look good in a t-shirt. But Billy Beans is like, no, like this is we're thinking small here. Let's think big. Absolutely. And those guys could those old scouts couldn't do it. No, they couldn't do it. Like it was it was ripe for change in Major League Baseball at that time because you had you had salaries blowing up. At that time, I think so. The I can't remember what the stat was, but something like 150 million dollars at that time was the, was the Yankees' payroll. Yeah, and you've got a uh, Oakland with like a 30 something million dollar well, payroll. It was literally, they don't mention the movie, but it's literally the off season when A Rod went to the Rangers. Oh yes, so A Rod himself is That's making right. 30 million a year. The That's A's right. payroll is 37. I was trying to think who was the top great. player because Manny, I think, got picked up by the Red that Sox same, somewhere in 2001, and it was yeah, 20 million a year. Or something. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Right, right. I was trying to think of who was the ma- the biggest pay. Yeah. I thought it, I so, forgot about so A Rod. One man was almost as much as the entire A's I team. Know. And, the, and meanwhile, the A's were beating the shit out of the Rangers every year, which is pretty funny. It is. Uh, yeah. The other thing I want to mention about this movie is the director Bennett Miller. I didn't know him at all. I don't think the I've seen Capote. Fucking uh, resume ever. Yeah. Uh, he directs. He's directed like basically three movies his whole life. Yeah. He directs Capote with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Right. Philip Seymour Hoffman wins the Oscar for. It's not my favorite movie. I, I, I don't think it's it's incredible. It's a kind of a it's kind of a typical biopic with some good performances in it. Uh, but it's fine. This is great. Yeah. And then a movie I haven't seen yet. Foxcatcher. Oh, I haven't seen it either. I've heard that uh, it's it's dark. I heard it's good. It's very dark. Yeah. Uh, it's about those wrestlers and the coach. It, it, it has a dark. Right. I don't want to give anything away. I kind of know the story because based on another interesting too. Three true stories. Yeah. And so Bennett Miller is famous for being really picky about scripts, uh, which is interesting and kind of makes sense, I guess. I mean, I always like to think if I was ever famous, I would be picky, too, because why do shitty right. movies for a paycheck? He's this yeah. guy actually is doing that. The weird thing here, though, is that he was not attached to this movie originally. I didn't know that either. Steven Soderbergh's thing. It was Steven Soderbergh who come uh, off of Ocean's Eleven. Right. And Brad Pitt. So they had that they had worked together previously and they wanted to do this movie. 
Soderbergh had this idea. He wanted to have like almost have it be a documentary feel where yeah. you have real players yeah. interviewed during the movie. So all of a sudden it'll cut away to the real David Justice telling a story and it cuts back to the movie. Yeah. And it was very jarring. And the movie studios were like, fuck, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. So um, they completely went off course and they bring in this. The script's amazing. It's a great Did one. Do you just know who wrote it? Did who you see it? No. It's Aaron Sorkin, uh, who's a genius, and Steve Zayon, who just wrote The Irishman. Wow. So you have two Academy Award nominated guys working together, which never happens on, yeah. a, on a screenplay, which is amazing. And a gigantic cast. And Bennett and- Miller, though, even though he was second up, he didn't care. He, he still went in and, and, uh, and directed it, which is pretty crazy. Because you would think if he's that picky, he's going to be super, like, he will only do if he's first choice. Right. But he was willing to be second choice. You're coming off of a pretty big movie in Capote. And, uh, but he hasn't done anything since 2015. I know. Where's Crazy. he going? He he I did look at his bio and that, that's exactly what I saw too. It was like four movies yeah. and then it was, that was the it. Something in the 90s. kind of a art house kind of thing. To did get you see on that the one? Map. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't, I, I gotta see Foxcatcher. I may have seen Capote, but I, I can't even remember that. It's it was early 2000s, 2005 or six or something. Yeah, I think yeah. when that it's happened, right? It was 2006, right? I think. So I pro- maybe I did, but that was so long ago that I don't even remember. But, but this check, one was memorable for this me. Is, this is, in my yeah. opinion, the better of the two. I still got to see Foxcatcher. You know, one thing I really love about this film, and yeah. it's something I think would be underappreciated except for someone like me, is the soundtrack is really amazing. If you if you really listen to it, it's a lot of it, especially in the beginning, is subdued. Sub- like the score, you mean? Yep. Okay. Subdued, electric guitar that he's kind of picking with a yeah. lot of verb. And it's that, melan- it's that sort of hopeful melancholy, yes. which totally makes sense for a baseball film. Because that's what it is. It's like you got that hopeful nostalgia, that fe- especially if you're from the Northeast, like we are like the spring that just it's a it signifies like rebirth and and spring and all of that and you just get that it's so good that's the soundtrack is so beautiful and then as the like as the 20 game um the winning streak right winning yeah. streak it was 20 games right yes, it, was. it wasn't yep. longer okay as that goes on the the music actually is getting bigger and bigger and more orchestrated he just whoever and does, then and then it drops out and then it drops out so when they yep. miss the playoffs and there's a that when Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill also is fantastic in this. Oh, he's great. So good. So great. Um, which is funny because the guy he's playing is Paul DePodesta. Right. Who is a tall, skinny guy. He is. He's built like I am, like the scrawny guy. Yeah. And Jonah Hill is very chubby, but they, I guess uh, during production, Paul DePodesta asked the producers to change his name out because it was becoming less and less like him. This character. Oh, I see. I thought it was too, like, he didn't want to give away, he didn't want to be a part of giving away some of the secrets, because those are some of the things no, that No, I think make, he didn't. Maybe it was too he, late. There's two things. He didn't want the fame, which, yeah. which is funny, because then he becomes the Dodgers general manager, and he had a real problem with and it. And now the Browns. And now he's the Browns. Like, I think he might be the president. He's like the mm, president, but he's not the GM. It's a weird relationship there. Yeah. Um, he was also the Mets assistant GM when I was in New York for a long oh, time. Oh, that's right. I forgot he went, um, he went there. Yeah. He, he's a really bright guy. I mean, aside from the Brown stuff, he's a really bright guy. But it was interesting. He just didn't want the notoriety. Plus, he said he felt like this character is becoming less and less like him. Yeah. So that he, makes sense. He, like it wasn't he didn't want to use the name. Right. Which, uh, which was interesting. This movie was nominated for six Academy Awards. I already uh, know Brad Pitt didn't win because he just won his first one. That's right. right. He was nominated, though. Jordan Hill was nominated as well. Oh, that's right. He was not right for uh, for supporting. Also nominated Best Picture, Best Editing. The editing is fantastic in this. I see. I don't notice that stuff that I much. So, what, I think it just the, is it just like scene to scene. There to scene thing, to, this movie has some tracking shots that are just phenomenal. There's one scene when he's driving and he the the daughter calls and says, "Dad, you got to turn around. You, you know, you're not." Oh, gonna that's right. It. Yep. And it follows the car up that ramp much longer than a typical movie would, and it makes you feel like you're there. Right. And there's a lot of these tracking shots that the scenes, if you notice, it lingers longer than a typical movie does. It sticks there and it, cause it wants you to feel like you are with them on this. It wants it to feel like, and the speech, yeah. 
there's uh, the speech is very organic. People will say things like, oh, I don't know, or they'll even like stumble when they talk yep. because it wants to feel that organic way about it. I wonder if that's why it makes those scenes where he just builds up and rages out so so effective because you sort of, you have to, you like watch him yes. diffuse like light right. and go. So I wonder and if that's- And it feels more authentic because yeah. people are behaving normally. They're not, it doesn't feel like acting class, like yep. some Lee Strasman, uh, you know, acting 101. It feels like a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was also nominated for sound mixing. Well, uh, there, I mean, there you go. There you go. Yeah. The, the way that the score would drop out is so yeah. cool. And then um, adapted screenplay, which of course, those guys, I mean, you have yep. Sorkin and, and Steve Zayon. And, did it, do you know uh, if it won? Did it win for anything? It didn't. It lost them all. That's stupid. Lost I wonder. Well, there were some other good movies that, that there year. Were, but, I, did, I didn't check to see what else was up there. But yeah, that, that, it was a great, a great movie, though. Um, huge fan. So we've seen now two weeks. We've had. Two good movies. In our really great movies. Experiment. Yeah, we're gonna run into a wall. Eventually. We're, we're gonna have to run into a terrible yes. one. The other thing that I wanted to mention about this, though, is I re- so B- Billy Bean is really. I- I'm so glad that someone made him the hero in a book in a film. Yes, because like if you think, as long as this stuff was all true, but so he was a f- kind of a fir- he was a first round a first round pick of the Mets. Pick of the Mets. Yes. He was highly touted, and he was. And if you notice, they had a quick shot of Dallas Strawberry walking back. I don't remember that. Yeah, so him and Daryl Strawberry at one point were like one and one A. I remember someone saying in the, in the film, system. I would rather have this guy than Daryl Strawberry, yeah. something like that. So and that they, effect. They, Mets had both of them, but at one point the Mets had been touted <laughs> higher than Daryl Strawberry. Yeah. Well, so the thing was, so he flamed out. So like, I think that Could, issue, couldn't hit. I can't remember if it was, uh, for, I'm re- recalling from the book, I think it was actually curveball. People started falling, uh, throwing and breaking balls and he couldn't hit it. He could smack the shit yeah. out of a, out of a fastball, but, but he lost his confidence with the, with people were throwing and breaking balls and that he couldn't hit it and he flamed out and it was such a tremendous, like he lost his confidence. It was such a traumatic experience for him that when he became a scout and then later on with the GM, I think that really fueled his ability to critically look at himself in the mirror and see his shortcomings and make such a drastic change that, that he made as a GM. Like I knew he couldn't, he, okay, because of the payroll situation, he knew he couldn't rely on a bunch of money from his owner, but he knew that he needed to like, he needed to find value in different ways. I think, I think it gave him the confidence he knew he he just knew he, he couldn't change as a kid ball player, but he knew he needed to do something different in this role if he was going to succeed. Does that make sense? It does, and the movie plays that really well. There's a couple other theories too. Um, they feel that like great players can't be great coaches. Yeah, uh, like Ted Williams was not a very good manager. Joe DiMaggio was a kind of notoriously bad yeah, hitting right. coach. Yeah, um, and with the with the Oakland A's, uh, ironically uh, or coincidentally. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, it, but when you're kind of a lousier player. Like Sparky Anderson only played one season in the majors. Like if you go through was some, was he the, a catcher? I can't remember what, what was. Sparky? I think he was an infielder. Yeah, Tommy Lasorda was a lousy pitcher for the oh, Dodgers. That's right. Yep. Another example of like these guys. I think when you have to, when you're never quite the best, and you got to always scrap just yeah. to get your way, it makes you think differently. Interesting about Billy Bean. I, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a fun trivia thing about yeah. it. So Billy Bean famously has never been to a World Series as a GM, which is really sad to me. Really I wish sad. that he would. I wish he would win. He's had so many chances. Even last year, he made the playoffs. Didn't get. But Billy Bean is a player, even though he was kind of lousy. He won. He won two World Series. I didn't know that. The '87 80s, Twins. Right. He played 12 games, oh. and with the '89 A's, the last time the A's won the World Series, he played in 37 games. So wasn't he with the '86? He wasn't with '86 uh, Mets because didn't no, they, they he, he got the Mets a year early. Uh, he got the Mets '85. So he could have been on three, which is crazy. Did he flame out his first year? Did he get moved after uh, he, after '85? He never. Uh, he. Only played 13 total games in the Mets. I didn't even know that. He, he, he was that bad. He the minors. The uh, Twins in 86 were terrible. They were a last place team. They gave him a shot. Uh, he batted 213. I see. Yeah, um, that's and, not going to do it. Like, it's not going to cut it. 
Yeah, I mean, just embarrassingly bad. If you look at his stats, you're a baseball geek like I am. Another reason I love this movie. Yeah. Embarrassingly bad hitter. Like, terrible. Like, really, really, really yeah. bad. Um, but yeah, but he uh, he couldn't hit, so he didn't last, but he's uh, obviously a great jam. Well, another uh, another reason why this movie means a lot to me, actually, is, is I, I mentioned it before, was the nostalgia factor. So I played baseball growing up, I think. I mean, did you play yeah. as well? Yeah. And I love the game, but uh, sometime in my teens and early 20s, I sort of lost interest in it because there were other sports that I, were, that I was more into. I am into sports, but like hockey is just a faster game. Yeah. Um, but but I had like, I had, uh, I've had like health issues throughout my life. I don't, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but there were times in my life where a year I was like chronically in a yeah, really bad place. Yeah, okay. yeah, you had a rough time, yeah. So 2001 was uh, one of those experiences for me, like okay. right around this time period. Um, where, and the, like the brunt of I was having an issue, like I couldn't digest well. I was having a whole bunch of pain in my abdomen and sternum and I was having problems breathing. It just got worse and worse. And really the teeth of it for about a year, the teeth of it happened through the summer of 2001, which was a really hot and humid summer. Okay. Um, so imagine like I, I'm, I'm trying to breathe. It feels like I'm kind of drowning all the time. It's so humid and it's hard to breathe anyway. And I was poor, so I didn't, um, I was, that was, this is my, we were talking about my first place that I lived in the last episode. This is a second apartment with me and girlfriend at the time and uh, a friend of ours. And we lived in the second floor of this apartment in Dover, house in Dover. Um, and Dover, it was New so Hampshire? Ha- Dover, New Hampshire, sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was so hot, so humid, we didn't have an AC, I didn't have much money. Luckily, I was like painting a house for, that was how I was getting my money for that summer, one house, but I could kind of make my own hours. So the couple days that I would feel okay, I'd get up and go do that. But the one saving grace this whole time, the thing that like kept me in, because I don't know if, I mean, if you've ever been chronic before, the physical stuff is hard, but it's the, the, the psychological and emotional effect of it that is actually harder. If, when you don't know if you're ever going to get better, if you're going to die, like if you're, if you're ever going to feel better, that, that takes a huge toll on you emotionally. Like, you know what I mean, right? So what happens is, for me, I needed something to meditate on. I needed something that was going to be a consistent thing in my life that I could focus on that would that would pull me through it. And that happened to be baseball. Sure, yeah. Because baseball happens every fucking day. Of course. Pretty much. It does. Right? So I would have a miserable day, but then I would know at the end of the day, yep. seven o'clock would come and the ball game would start. And I got so far back into baseball at that time. I knew the stats of everybody. I knew all the players in the American League. Of course, I knew the shit out of the Red Sox. I knew, you know, where they were in the batting title, where, you know, where they yep. were in the RBI chase, the home run chat. Like I just knew all of it. And and uh, and it it pulled me through. It, it really did. And that like started a love affair with baseball for me again, up and through like the world series chase of the, the 2004 yeah. Red Sox again. So this movie with all the nostalgia, it brings me right back there too of this time period this time where period, I, like yeah. I had a focus. I had this it, thing that kind of pulled me through. that season that, uh, that 2002 season, uh, really well. It does. Um, and it does get a lot of, I'm a huge baseball nerd, a huge, huge baseball geek. I love baseball. I love it. I was, and you're goddamn remember. You can, you just, you told me last time you can remember all the world series players and, yeah, name a year. I could, I could tell you who won the world series. Uh, good. You want me to do it? You can. Okay. Uh, 1951. Uh, that was the Yankees. They won against the Dodgers. They, they won in five games. I bet um, <laughs> fun stuff. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, so I love baseball. Uh, a huge baseball guy growing up, and I was a huge baseball fan in 2002. So it was they got a lot of it right. They got a couple of small little tweaks here. I would but, have noticed, but I uh, bet. but they really did a hell of a job. Yeah. Um, you know, one critique in the movie, and then we'll move on to the the song is uh, 
the money ball, the real reason the A's were so good was they had three great starting pitchers. They had Mark Mulder, mm. Barry Zito, and Tim Hudson. That's right. Three, uh, they were the reason they, they were, were winning dominant. these games. Yeah. I mean, a huge reason. But they don't really bring it up because it doesn't really fit the narrative of the story. No, but it doesn't. I also understand, it's a, it's a movie. Like, what are we doing here? It's yeah, fine. It's got to be entertaining. Like, it can be an entertaining movie. It's really yeah. Billy Bean's journey. It's what we're watching, watching this man struggle against, you know, some other things, some family things, yep. but also succeed, but also kind of at the end of the day still kind of fail. But then choose that it's okay to fail at home, and you know it has so many great elements to it that are beyond these three starting. If you're too focused on the baseball part, you're kind of missing the story. One of the things I really love too, and I don't mean to just keep on with the movie thing, but the other part of it that was really interesting to me is his method spread like fucking wildfire through baseball. It completely changed. You could argue it ruined the game. Yeah, yeah. So now these games are four hours long because everyone's right. taking pitches. Uh, so, I mean, you could really have a big diatribe if you ever want to, you know, have a big sports talk. Right, not, so you could, really could kind of hate is. him. You could blame him. But you can, you can blame Billy Bean on some level, though, you know, for being almost too smart. Yeah. But what's our song? <sighs> Moves Like Jagger. <laughs> By Maroon 5. Featuring. By Maroon 5. Featuring Christina Aguilera. That's actually, right. Uh, which I, I love her, by the way. Okay. Uh, we've, I think we talked about that last time. I really, I think she's amazing. So, um, I am not... <sighs> Moves I, like Jagger. I really have. I have a. I have some parts of this that uh, that really bother me. But I went back and listened, and actually, so I whenever when I heard this song to begin with, I initially completely panned it because it's got it has that like little um, keyboard whistle like <sighs> hook like like oh, that so, thing right i can't so do it annoying right? but it's so annoying it's, i hate this song it, i know i know I, two in a row we i know both I, movies we love like and, and yeah. songs i hate and i like i, I uh, all right whatever yeah no okay so it's not good the problem with me is it's it's not fair because maroon five i actually when they first came out like 2002 their first album um their first two singles i actually liked them Okay. Uh, the first one was um, uh, Harder to Breathe. It's getting harder and harder yeah. to breathe. Bow out. Yeah. Like I thought, it's just got a neat little, it wasn't, it's not an amazing song. No. It's but not. it's like this okay rock tune with a very, like, I know that riff, it's uh, it's the flat seven to the one. It's like, bow out, bow out, bow. Is that, that's what, it, but, but it was enough. And he's got a good enough voice that it was, it had a cool vibe to it. And then the second one was uh, This Love. This love has taken its toll on me. Which actually, I don't really like the chorus, but the verse is a neat little has this neat little line to I it. I like, like those songs significantly more. I think moves, yes. moves like Jagger is one of the it's 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 bad. It's really annoying. Earworm songs that I completely despise. Yeah. So but, so here's the thing: it's like when I heard those two first songs, I thought to myself, "All right, they're not great, but I could see that this band has potential and they're young and they might get better." Sure. But similarly to Coldplay, with I had the same experience with Coldplay. It's like both of those bands, I, I really felt like they, they could go somewhere and then they just just created shit. Like a lot of shit afterwards. See, I, I, Are I, you a Coldplay? Like oh, right. okay. You can defend all His I lyrics goddamn suck. I don't love Coldplay. I think they're okay. They, to me, fall under the Dave Matthews. We talked about that last episode. Oh, I think Dave, Dave Matthews is way more talented. I agree. Yeah. But I think Coldplay gets his rap now of like this. Like people hate Coldplay. Yeah, I don't hate them, but I just but I had such high expectations for them because I was like, oh, this is a cool. I like Coldplay. Thing. Having said that, though, like if you put, it, like I would never go and like listen to Coldplay's new album. They had one. I only I haven't listened to Coldplay's right, well, song intentionally. In that's like 10 Telltale. Years. Then it is. I'm not, but I'm just saying I don't think they're terrible. I think Moon Five is terrible. 
I think the song is terrible. You know what makes me mad? I love Mick Jagger. I love the Rolling Stones. Oh, okay. This kind of so like taints. <laughs> even Mick Jagger now is tainted by the. He should be Maroon tainted. 5. He needed. He needed this. Oh, this is like a dick slap so, to his face too. Yeah. Do you, you don't like Rolling Stones? I think some of their stuff is oh, pretty dude. good. There's some. There's some really good Rolling Stones tunes, but uh, but there's always this comparison between Stones and Beatles and there Beatles is. every single goddamn time, twice on Tuesdays. It's I, like I, I. There's just no the Beatles, comparison. I I I, I half heartedly agree. I think the Beatles are really amazing. I really think the Stones are awesome. H- having said though, much like the Beatles, yeah, where it, you know they went solo, but the Stones haven't put out anything good since like 1973. No, 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 like nothing. It's no. all completely horrible. No, but anyway, so I had I had some expectations of this band, and then when I heard all their like stupid, they just went so poppy, polished crap. It's just like Matchbox Twenty, like we talked uh, about last it week. Is. It's kind it of is a the similar same fucking thing. Thing that it's just so vanilla. It doesn't take any chances. It's just boring, and that is the worst insult that you can fucking have for me. If you're a musician, if you are boring, if you don't move me in some way, then you can just go to hell and you can die. This song sounds so corporate. It's, it, that's exactly it's what it is. So we are a record band who wants to put out hits. It's like, at least though, so Train is the worst example of that because they can't oh, even oh, another, fucking another write. One. They can't What's write. guy's face? He has a weird face, right? The Train man? I thought he was just like 50, 60 years old when I the first one came out. I thought he had like a face on. was all scarred. I always, He's I, a little bit like, uh, what was the, right? what, what was the... Um, Seal? Seal? Remember his, oh, Seal's, Seal's face all is all weird? I love Seal though. You like Fuck, Seal? I love it's so his, boring. His music is amazing. Was he with Heidi Klum? Yes. That's a weird thing. I know Seal was a... No, he was, he just, just because he had those pock marks. I think he got shot in the face or something. I think he's handsome without... shot in the face? I don't know. <laughs> That's the poor seal. <laughs> Might have oh been acne God. or gang related. I don't know. Gang related. I, I would acne. say acne is probably more likely. But what the train guy's ugly? You know, the handsome man is the Maroon Five man. He is a very he's handsome, a handsome guy. Man. Yeah, and he's he's built well. Like in the early, t- he was a little, you know, he's skinny and kind of gaunt, but now he's put on I some like muscle. That, yeah, well, I can relate to the skinny gaunt part. I don't know about that muscle <laughs> part, but he's a handsome man. He is a handsome guy, and uh, he actually has a really nice voice. But let's get, we'll get back. I'm sorry, I tangent in because I needed to give you the behind the scenes of why they bother me so much and All why right. I initially, when we, when I fucking spun the wheel or my wife spun the wheel and we landed on this year at this week, I was like, God damn, I got to talk about another stupid song. But I listened to it. And it's actually, I listened to it critically. It's actually better than I gave it credit for. I gave it, I just gave it a chance. People are going to accuse you of a Steve Robinson type of lie there. Cause you say <sighs> you spun the wheel. You're like, but your wife really, I'm going to say right now, you might not believe Matt. Matt's not, I will say Barbara really did spin the wheel. Yes. You didn't. It was a, for any Kirk Minahan fans out there, it was a Steve Robinson-esque lie. That, it, I brought it back though, didn't okay, I? You okay, did. I brought it back. So, right, so I'm sorry. I'm so after, you, after, right, so after Barbara spun the fucking wheel, um, I was pissed about it, but, but I listened to it. So the thing is with this song is it's recorded really well. Like every, like the engineering on this song is really good. If you listen to it in headphones, there is space every, like you can identify everything and where it is. And it's awesome. It has great low end, a nice beat. It's a, it's a four on the fourth. It's a, uh, yeah, four on the floor, uh, kick drum, which is just like a, like a very dance beat type of thing. And it's got some movement to it, which is nice. Um, his lyrics goddamn suck. Move like Jagger is a stupid concept. Um, and oh, back to Jagger. He, if you want to impress a bitch, you're moving like like doing like the, you're doing the chicken dance and like the lips. Like what? what? That's gonna do <laughs> is it that really? Because that's what the song's about. Like yeah. I'm gonna move they're like about, Jagger. Well, to they're about to like fuck right, and then but he's doing like this like dance not to mention one of the chicks i noticed this in the video has camel toe when she walks really? on stage i'm Gotta like watch this video moves like all right camel toe 
Um, yeah, so, okay, so you would never try to impress someone by moving like Jeff. He, he's not did even... The, did the studio really want Maroon 5 to succeed? I felt like they did. I feel like Maroon <laughs> yeah. 5 was pushing yeah, our yeah, face. Yeah. Like, like, either he... What? I feel like he was... They really put him front and center. Absolutely. Musically, for like half a decade. It's kind of like No Doubt with... Uh, with uh, Stefani? Yeah, exactly. It was sort of like, oh, let's... She's the star. We were ska. We're not ska anymore. We're going pop. she's cute, too. She is cute, too. Yeah, so of course. So maybe they put these attractive people, right? They do. Is that what it's all yeah. about? And they're like, oh, this really needs to be about her, feature her, so we're no longer ska he's a handsome man. He's a handsome man. Yeah. And so we're just going to do like... Adult contemporary soft-ish oh, music so um, that has that takes no chances and is stupid and has bad lyrics and yada yada. But anyway, make my singers ugly. Please, right? ugly singers usually do a better job. I'm gonna have to think about who's who's ugly that out there that uh, that does a good job. But you're right, you're right. Let's just be tortured and ugly. Oh, maybe yeah. like the like uh, blues traveler. <laughs> but they like darkened him out in the videos. I was like, like, we're not even gonna like they gave, Neil Young maybe is there, or right. something like that. Right? Was, they were like putting him in silhouettes so that people wouldn't even see. Oh, that's right. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's Harmonica right. man. That, yeah, he was. He's, he's not attractive now. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the, the lyrics, everything. Um, the other thing that I have an issue with is in the beginning of the song, they really pitch correct him, and it's not because he can't sing in tune because he really can. He's got a great voice. It was that sound. It's It sounds like almost toothpaste coming out of a tube. It's just so like circular and just tubish. It's ha- if you listen closely to it, you'll hear it. Like There's no artifacts in it. There's no humanity in it. It's just and like... It, this, that ooh. actually sounds like the time. Pop music... Yes. If you listen to pop music in that first decade of the 2000s, people are like, a lot of it sounds it. like that. Yeah, let's just do this. We've got it now. Let's just do this. Let's put it on everything. And right. It takes away the humanity. It takes away... There is like a soul that's missing there. But the funny thing is they don't do it to Aguilera. She sounds immaculate on this record. If you listen with headphones, you listen to her voice, she sounds great. Uh, but And they don't do it to her. So I don't know why they chose to do it to him, but he sounds like a fucking machine. So that sucks. But I did, uh, there was one more thing that I really noticed about it um, that uh, that I think is pretty awesome because it's a good, this is, this is a little bit geeky. So, you know, bear with me, but I'm geeky about, you're geeky about film. I am. I get to be geeky about music. My eyes are fine. It's Don't right. you roll your eyes I at did, me, fool. I did roll them. <laughs> All right. This is a great example of this thing called side chain compression. Um, this is geeky. So compression. Compression, uh, what it does is it makes things uh, more equal volume-wise. So like say when you're singing high up in your range and you're singing low in your range, there's a volume difference there because you can push a lot more in the higher. Okay. So you're going to sound, your perceived volume is going to be louder. So what compression does is it says like for every, it's a ratio. So say for every four decibels louder you are, it only allows you to be one decibel louder. So it makes everything a lot more even volume-wise. That's what compression does. It's over. It's on every single thing that you hear. There's compression. This, but this cool thing happened in the 90s um, called uh, sidechain compression. And what it does is it allows you to trigger the compressor off of another instrument. And in dance music, someone figured this out. Uh, I think the first real occurrences of this were the early 2000s, 2004 and 5, where you can send... Uh, so basically, you put the compressor on an instrument or a bunch of different instruments, and you have it triggered by the kick drum so that the kick drum hits it, and it drops the volume of all the other shit. And the reason why they did this in the first place is because, say you're playing like bass. You got bass, and you got like a kick drum happening, and they're both low, like low... Um, in the harmonic range, they're, they're low tones, right? They get really muddy down there when you're trying to listen to them. They're so muddy. It's hard to like differentiate where one begins and where one ends. So you use side chain compression to drop the volume of the bass as soon as the kick drum happens. So it cuts it out of the way. So you hear the smack of the kick drum and then the bass comes back in. 
And what you do in dance music is you put the rest of the band through this compressor and trigger it off the kick drum, and you get this whoom, 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 whoom sound to it. You hear kick, and the whole sound of everything else goes whoom, 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 whoom. And it's, it's, it's perceptible. It just gives this motion to these dance tunes. You'll notice, like if you ever go to a club or something, I know you're clubbing. Oh, like, huge, every, like there's the New Market, New Hampshire clubs yeah, that we I, go I to mean, all the time. I'm a four-year-old white guy, I'm, I'm constantly <laughs> at the club. <laughs> but if you do, or just listen to any dance, it's all over dance music just because it, it propels it. This sidechain compression thing was like a game changer for this type of stuff. And this is a great example of that where you've got the beginning of the song is just this um, this uh, like subdued kind of kit and and the like the guitar is kind of comping in there nice little nice little ditty guitar thing but then when the whole band kicks in you hear like vroom to it and it just moves the song and it's a great example of that and it's one of the reasons why I give it some credit all right I, I will say I did, I did just watch the video and <sighs> I did notice the camel toe but more you didn't notice I, the, I, I did I saw it wait when you I, just just, I just watched it but I, I was noticed, talking I noticed in the background <laughs> though I saw Philip Seymour Hoffman as Art Howe just in the left hand corner of the screen. It's very odd. It won't look for that. So uh, you watch that video, check it. You'll see you'll see Art Howe. It's like just creeping there. <laughs> just creeping. Is that Hamilton? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's what I mean, do you have any other thoughts on the on the song? Like uh, I, I I don't I think it's terrible. Uh it's and, bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, you, I want to talk about where we were quickly. Oh, do you, uh, yeah. Tell you, tell me. Yeah. So I, this time, this is, uh, 2011, September. I was in New Hampshire. I was in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I was uh, mm. living with my girlfriend who would later become my first wife. Right. Uh, cause you've had a couple wives at this point, right? <laughs> oh, my second wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not throwing any, uh... I figure, you know, we gotta, you know, we gotta try again, you know, you know, right. if, you don't, if, you don't, if you don't succeed, try, try again. Uh, well, you know, the second one's off to a better start than the first. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I was, uh, we weren't even, I was just about to be engaged to my first wife during September. So I was probably thinking about that. Oh a lot. yeah. I also moved to New York city. Uh, in when was that? January of 2012. Okay. So right after So I was, we just met like right then, I think sometime we, we within that time. We met a few months earlier. Did, was it? Yeah. Cause I wasn't back here. I moved oh. back here in, uh, April, like 15th. I was I back think here. I probably met you like May. I, yeah. I, I could you it was did, soon. You did a show of mine. I, I did a sketch comedy show and you were the musical guest. Uh, and that was in June. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So, so right, a couple right. months so, before. So yeah, I, I'd only, and we met through a mutual friend, uh, who officiated my second wedding. That's right. See how it all ties together. People who are listening, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, Philip John Hoffman, Herman, everybody. I don't know if you notice if you look at my wedding pictures, you look in the left, you'll see Philip Seymour Hoffman dressed as Art Howe, which is weird. He's been dead for a while, but he's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm playing Pena. I'm playing Pena. Um, yeah, so that's where I was. I was in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, and, uh, I was, I was, I think I was, I was thinking really hard. What was I doing there this time? I was so fixated on moving to New York at that time. Because you knew. Because I knew we're, we we're made this, this a month earlier. So we were trying to put the wheels in motion for that. And you did that because you both wanted to do improv. Cool. Is that why? Yeah, I also wanted... I was born in New York. I yeah, lived in New right. York till I was nine. I moved to New Hampshire. I've always wanted to go back. Yeah. And I just wanted to see if I could do it. Could I live in New York? And I, you know, can you do it? Yeah. And uh, so like the fact that I got to do it for five years, and plus I, I did improv. I'd studied at UCB. I did a lot of... Uh, comedy stuff in yeah. new york that was another reason i wanted to go yeah but my main reason honestly my main driving thing was i just want to see if i could do it yeah right um because it was kind of like this great moby dick element in my life where it was like my father did it i wanted to see if i could do it your yeah. father did improv too my father did new york 
Yeah, like, he did New York. No, no, because no, he was, was, was not a comedian. Was he doing like set design? And yeah, that he was type a stagehand, uh, and that's how he met my mom. That's right. And we, were, we, I mean, my mom, we was, about my mom was a rocket. That's right. Yeah. My dad was a stagehand, yeah. uh, and that's how they met. And then, uh, and then they moved to the suburbs. They had me, and then we moved to New Hampshire when I was nine. Yeah, I, like, I want to go back to New York City. I want to, you know, and uh, was it like you just want? Did you you wanted to measure yourself? You wanted yeah. to, you did. Yeah, and you know, obviously, there's other things too. Like I wanted to live that lifestyle. Yeah, I wanted to be in a city. Uh, I wanted to you know, do, I said, I studied improv. I want to do a lot of comedy stuff there. Yeah. Uh, so those are all things I wanted to do. Luckily I got to do them. It's really awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's where I'm sure we'll talk about that. When we hit, start hitting those years. Right. But at this moment, September 18th, 2011, I was so fixed on moving to New York. I don't have a lot of memories of what I was doing at that time. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well that, that's, I totally forgot that you and I had met just like right around yeah. there. So the, the big thing that was happening for me is you would think uh, that you'd remember that it was such a memorable thing. Meet it was me? so memorable. Like, meet me. <laughs> but then you took off on and me I right away. Like, Fuck this guy. We liked, yeah, we liked each here. other and you're like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Sucks. Uh, right. No, I had just gotten married. Um, that was the thing. Like I had a whirlwind, uh, relationship, uh, with Barbara. We when knew each other for nine married? months. It was actually mid June. Um, but you just got married. I had just got right. We knew each other nine months. Got to married. your first and only wife so far. So yes. Far. We'll <laughs> see how she does. I'm, I'm winning two to one. <laughs> We're losing. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's been it. whatever, nine years. So I, I think, I think you guys are right. Yeah. Yeah. We've been fine. Uh, but, uh, but that's what happened. And then we were trying to figure out what the fuck we were going to do. And, um, Barbara wanted to open a restaurant. So we were like that. We were just starting the process of like looking at spaces, figuring out what type of thing we were going to do, um, looking at equipment, all that stuff was happening right around then. And I was preparing, I, I was recording an album. I released an album of December that year. Were you around for that? I was. You were around that. Did you? Yes. I don't remember if you. I had it. Sh- I had it in New York. I, yes. I, I sold all my uh, CDs years you kept ago. that one? I don't know if I kept it or not, but I did listen to it. <laughs> well, if you sold it for I, money, I put a bunch of them in a box, but uh, someone, someone gave me, I think a few thousand for that one. No, it was a, uh, your, uh, pale fire. Yeah. It was a Calliope album. Yeah, yeah. It was my second. So I released two albums, uh, in a non, so I was still here for that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was December. I did a whole bunch of stuff in December that year, but, uh, but, uh, including releasing that album, but I was recording, I was finishing up the recording and mixing that, getting ready for the December release, having just, uh, come off of getting married to my wife and looking at opening a restaurant. That was that time. That was a busy time. So there was other things going on in Let's the world. Let's talk headlines. Yeah. All right. Um, and uh, Chris doesn't know any of yeah, these things. So I could just say so, bullshit. I could yeah, say Matt, Alf debuted on. Well, no. I, I was alive. So I, mean, I, well, I didn't, <laughs> yeah, Elvis true. wasn't alive. No, I, uh, so Matt, how it works is Matt gets the headlines and then I, uh, I guess I respond to them. Most of the time probably saying, really? Or did that happen? Yeah, we'll find we'll out. We'll find out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. um, so first thing, debuted uh, two and a half men and new girl on oh. TV. I know. Is Two and a Half Men the worst show that's ever been made? I think I watched like half of an episode once and said, fuck Charlie Sheen. You suck. You were great in Hot Shots. You were great in Major League. Wall Street. Was he good in Wall Street? He's pretty good. He did, not Michael Douglas. He was pretty no, good. No, Michael Douglas own. was real. I forgot that that was him too. Charlie Sheen in Ferris Bueller's Day Off too. Uh, oh, no, wait. Those wait, shows was suck. He? Wait, yeah, he played. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he was the, the really small role. But yeah. Right, who the sister was the about prison, to, was yeah, totally yeah. going to bang. Yes. Right? Yeah, back yeah. when Jennifer Grey was cute, before she got the weird plastic surgery. Yeah, she did the nose job. Uh, but uh, yeah, those shows are terrible. Uh, I, I really hate those shows. I, I hate... You're them. not a big new... I see, I see I, there's some redeeming qualities about New Girl to me. by by uh, by half. I mean, I, it's too much. Like, I don't right. really like her very much. I mean, but she's beautiful. Not my type. But, uh, but the... Uh, her and Almost Famous is one of the prettiest women in film. I have no... I can't even remember in her, her in and Almost film. Famous is like... Is, is like my... I, I, like... Like... 
dream, That's I guess, it. Hollywood star, huh. if you will. I'm more of a Robin, Robin Wright fan. Great, Personally. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Bill Simmons says Robin Wright in Princess Bride is the prettiest woman in film. No, she's too young then, but uh, but she is really pretty there. She's just too young. She hasn't like quite, yeah, a little bit older. You like she, Robin Wright in uh, in House of Cards? Um, the last I, she's season, she's still beautiful. But, uh, but you have a poster of her. Right? I'm looking at it right now. It's Robin Wright as a, in, a, in the House of Cards. The last season, though, you like you that? got me. <laughs> like that matronly look. <laughs> oh my uh yeah so there's uh but no but uh who's that like the uh, i can't remember the character's name but the dude who's the zany guy who now is in this uh uh new sitcom where he, like in the neighborhood sitcom or whatever I, honestly I, I i must admit i don't watch a lot of network okay TV. Th- yeah me neither i'll but, see commercials when i'm watching like the football game or whatever yeah like, or uh, the, i sound like an old man when i'm watching the when football watching the game football. I, I, I on my tube uh <laughs> no but i uh i'll i'll see like uh ads but i don't i haven't watched a network show in years yeah it doesn't even matter I, I I, there was some redeem i mean in terms of like, they're not that good, but there were some redeeming qualities about that show to me, but I completely like the only thing I liked about New Girl was uh, the co-star, which was uh, Art Howe. (laughs) Again, (laughs) (laughs) we can't fucking get rid of that motherfucker. Would you like another? <laughs> like, is that, that better not happen every episode. He's just like creeping there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Like, I had to stop. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, why is he there? <laughs> <laughs> Probably because they couldn't paint him in a fucking worse picture than that. Like, this is... <laughs> He probably, that's probably why he died. He probably fucking killed himself because of that, <laughs> that part of the movie. He's like, they cut I look Wednesday, like such a douchebag. It was too far. Like he's in the little girl's bedroom. It's like, all right, all right. That's, they had to cut that out of the film. Luckily. He's douchier than I look with a fucking uh, drink in my hand and fucking Madawaska. That's, that's right. A Kirk Minnie reference. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. So the next, the second one, I thought that this was a cool one is CERN. Do you, you know what CERN, CERN? is? The nuclear uh, CERN is CERN. I saw you like tweet this today. Did I tweet it today? Something about CERN. What the fuck is CERN? Did I really tweet it? You tweeted something called CERN. I have no idea. I'm, like, I'm not going to like this. You got to know what the fuck it means. Uh, it's, so CERN is the European nuclear research um, group. And oh it's, boy. you know, it's multinational. Okay. Um, they're the ones with the fucking collider that sends like particles. And this we, was a headline? Yes. I'm already bored. So, <laughs> what do you mean? What news? What news well, let me tell you. They discover. Okay. So there. <laughs> so there's a, there's a particle called neutrinos. I'm, shock, I'm shocked newspapers God damn it. <laughs> now you're drinking and you fucking won't even listen to me anymore. <laughs> no, no, I don't drink. <laughs> so they found. Okay. They sent a particle called neutrino from one location to another and found out that they could break the speed of light with this fucking particle, which completely completely upended physics at the time because no one thought anybody could break the speed of light. So it was this huge event. We I, thought, we thought I, it was going to implode the fucking universe. All kidding aside, I do drink. But really, <laughs> though, I, I, uh, I don't remember this happening at all. I don't remember this, like, this being a thing. I remember it coming up because people, I people were, were that, really right? afraid that this was going to do some sort of chain reaction damage that would undo reality. All right, all right. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's still cool because that was one of the big things with, uh, with Another, Einstein is, is that you can't go faster than the speed of light. Another overreaction by people. The Y2K. Two in a row, Y2K in the CERN. And what is this going to be a trend? There, I'm sure there's going to be overreactions Everyone's every single time. Everyone's saying the end of the world is coming, and it just, it's just, shut the fuck up. I like science. Okay, so give me some of the headlines. Okay, uh, the next one is um, Google Plus was released Wednesday the 21st. <laughs> do you remember is, Google, Google Plus? I do, because our mutual friend John right. uh, kept trying to get I'm guessing both of us. I know at least me to join Google Hangouts. I wasn't. I was an early adopter of Google Plus. I did a shit ton of it. Uh, but he was like, like, like he kept trying to get 
like people to do Google Hangouts. And it's like, it was, it got to be a bit much. Did it get to be too much? Yeah, I got to make fun of him for that, actually. You yes. should. Maybe, maybe we'll text him after the show. And, Did uh, you do Google Hangouts? Yeah, so Hangout, <laughs> the, the Hangout. Okay, no, it's not called Google Hangouts. It the was Hangout, called it then, though. No, the Hangout is a feature of Google+. Plus. All the right. Hangout was the innovation. It allowed you to video chat with up to eight people at the same time. Wow. That, that was... <laughs> <laughs> Well, when you're social and you like people and you have a lot then of friends. Then go hang out with them. Then no, it's a Google Hangout. That's so stupid. <laughs> this is all these losers watching each other. Yeah, but the cool thing, so it was supposed to compete with Facebook because there were some innovations. Number one, the, the Hangout was an innovation. To have like a stable ability to video chat, like that, that was hard at the time. We didn't really know that we had the technology to do that. Okay. There's bandwidth issues. But Google pioneered it. It worked. Number one. Number two, oh, it was out like for limited use before then, but it went live for the public uh, that um, the 21st, I think is what I said. So that was one of the innovation. The other innovation was how you could categorize friends and family differently. Now Facebook does it where you could say this is a friend or a close friend right, or whatever, yeah, 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 but yeah. you could actually name your own in Google+, Plus, so you could kind of create yourself. I found that to be cumbersome. I think most people did eventually, having too many options, because then you organize all these people. You got to drag and drop. Say you have 2,000 people in your like group or whatever, and you're, you're trying to organize them all, and then you're like, oh, I don't like this fucking, fucking organization structure again. Imagine like redoing your closet again. I don't think again. Google Hangouts ever had 2,000 people. That's not Hangouts. Or it's Google+. Plus. Sorry. <laughs> Call it what it is, motherfucker. So I think we're going to. This is the most boring. Thing <laughs> it was. No, but I have an anecdote about this motherfucker. Oh boy! <laughs> so, go. so John did a uh, a a, uh, a game show. That's what our he friend, did every our week. Our friend John, right? He, he did hangouts. Right. So That's so right. he, he, it was him as the host, and seven people would come in and do a game show. And then, but the cool, the other cool thing is you could broadcast did you it do live the game show you through YouTube. It? What was that? Were you a contestant on the game show? I probably was at one time. I would've, why don't I get to do this? Because I didn't do the thing? Because you were so bitchy about this, apparently. <laughs> you fucking turned your nose up against it, fucking snooty bitch. <laughs> Guess we know my regret from this week. Right, right, right. this game show. Well, maybe we can go back in time. We'll fucking ride one of these neutrinos, break the fucking speed of light, and go so, back in time. Someone is listening to me like, but I thought they did leave back in time. <laughs> again, with that. Really I just there. did that voice last time, too. I'm not doing that voice again. Yeah. Okay. okay. No. Okay. So the, the, so he did a game show, but I did, we did a talent show together. I remember this. Right. And the, so people would come into the hangout, this live video chat okay. and, and they would have to compete for a prize. And, uh, it, like I said, it would broadcast over, over YouTube. So it was this, this whole thing. Like, so people only eight people, it was exclusive. Only eight people could get together at once, but people could watch, watch from outside okay. and do comments and All stuff. Right. Very similar to what but happens now. Directly to the YouTube. You, you can't do that. What was that? Why? Why? why it wasn't. It didn't. I don't think it, like, you could why do cut it at out the, the time. Middle, man, I just go right through YouTube because you wanted contestants hanging out for because it filmed it and went right out to YouTube at okay. the same time. So it was this all like plus it. It allowed you to all of the Google Suite was available there too. So like the Google Slides, all the Docs, all that stuff was incorporated in this one big fucking thing. I'm about to tell you. All right. So people would compete, and the prize would be I would write a song about them, about okay. their winning ways, oh. which was actually, <laughs> which was like a, <laughs> you're laughing okay. at me, which was actually really good for me. <laughs> this is where my parody song ca- like started. This is where it started. I'm I am a pro 
parody. Uh, Matt, Matt does a lot of parody songs for the Kirk Minahan show, uh, which is a great podcast. Right, right, right. Uh, but Matt does Matt does parody songs. And this is where it all started. This is where it all started. And the reason was, so I was already recording. Like, I knew how to do it, but I, I wasn't recording enough, like, fast enough where I could get good at it. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to write, record, you know, edit, mix, mix master, and get it out within just, a, like, a few days or, like, a week or something. Right. So I had to do these so fast that I just got good at it. So it really helped me, wow. like, moving on. Um, but then right. uh, I also fast This was, forward. like, a huge period of your life. I know. If you think about, it, like, all this shit, like, you just got back. You I moved know. back to New Hampshire. You got married. Yeah. You're working, you. you're working at getting, you met, you well, that's number one. Yeah, it was. And then you, uh, you know, you, you're working at opening this restaurant. Like you had a lot of shit and the album. going on. And of course now the, who can forget the Google plus Google hangout <laughs> sensation. <laughs> Hold on, one, more, one more part of it. One more part of it. So, so during my, al- during my album release in December, I actually, so I did a oh, you recent album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in Just December. Like, no, that's what I mean. Like, you had so much shit going on. I had so on. much shit going on. So I also did like a fundraiser with that album release, did some publicity for, it doesn't matter. But one of the things I did with my album release and partnership of it was I did a 24-hour hangout. So I hosted like live show for 24 hours in, in December of that year through Google Hangouts. So people joined me all night. I was playing songs all night. I was like basically doing a show for 24. I stayed up 24 hours and did this fucking thing for a fundraiser. Right. And Google Plus allowed me to do that. Huh. What did Facebook ever do for you? What did Google Plus really do? Who was watching this? Imagine this, like who so, these, you know was like, like random people no, like I'm the, gonna see what's going on. Was like, there friend. was this huge, ridiculous subculture of Google Plusers. People would have like oh, fifty thousand followers, a hundred thousand followers. People would want to hang out. I mean, a lot of sexy bitches too. Like if you if you I'm if sure, you looked yeah, good, I'm sure they were really attractive. And you could, no, they're <laughs> hideous people. No, not at all. But like I mean, you know, if you were good looking or talented, then you got a lot of people who wanted to glom on you and and be a part of your hangouts and shit. But then it died out. Then it died uh, just a couple years ago. I, it, it just, it, it wasn't, it was too, um, it, it, they just didn't, they didn't build it in a good enough way. It was never going to take over for Facebook. I mean, I hate Facebook anyway, but it, it was not going to be a, it wasn't going to be something that challenged Facebook. It just, it didn't have enough. So it's gone, but parts of it remain like the whole hangout idea, all that stuff sort of remains and broadcasting to YouTube remains. So they did take a lot of the technology at that time and move it forward. Any other headlines? REM broke up. Oh. Wow. That's it. Okay. I like R.E.M. Yeah, like, Automatic like for the People. I like that. I like that band, but, or that album. But uh, they're not my favorite, but, but that's not bad. So is that going to wrap up our show? I think so, yeah. Uh, okay. We were going to also tell people what the next episode would we are. entail, right? So we had Barbara spin the wheel, and she let me know what it is. She texted it to Wait, me. Wait, you're, te- you're, you're talking to Barbara. She's in Brazil right now. You're fucking, how are you? You're talking to my wife? See? When you do a show, you have a little bit of... Uh, you get some inside chemis- action? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? When you do a show... You're going to say chemistry. I was going to say chemistry, but then I, I check myself. So hopefully you'll edit this out. No. Okay, good. <laughs> when you do a show, <laughs> you try to have some uh, performance, some uh, a little bit of showmanship. I'm oh. Like, you know. So you so went behind my back? A lie. That's fine. <laughs> so what happened was Barbara's in Brazil, so we spun the wheel before the show. Yeah, and Matt yeah, did yeah. it. Yeah, uh, did. So Matt actually didn't spin the wheel this time. Um, I like how in this show we call each other for our lies in the middle of the show. <laughs> That's good. Are you sure about that, Chris? Yeah. You sure about that? <laughs> That's right. If the show is dead, I'm fine with it. That's fine. That's okay. fine. It's, truth will win the day. I th- it might. On this show, apparently it does, because we both apparently are yelling at each other for any lie we tell. <laughs> right. All, All right. right. So, what, so what's, the, what's the year? Or what's the year in the day? January 29th, 
1995. No shit. So that yeah. week, so no shit. You know it is. <laughs> no, I know. Liar. I am. Uh, <laughs> January 29th through February 4th, 1995. So uh, we're gonna do the uh, the movie that came out that week uh, or whatever is number one. Yeah. I, I, I will admit, I kind of go between the two. Whatever is the best option. So something, the best movie that came out that week or whatever is number one. I'm gonna have to pick some like indie songs too because I can't just keep doing the top 40 stuff. Like, that's think, gonna have to change. But I think, but it has to be something people know though. It does, right. Or I else, know, but it also you know, has to be... some weird, obscure song that people heard on Google+. Plus. No one's going to want to fucking hear that. <laughs> but we're never going to find a song that I like if we do it this way. And then every single movie we're going to like and every single song I'm, we're going to fucking hate. We can't do that. I don't know if every movie we'll like. I'm, I'm, what came out was number one. That's not a lot of options. Okay, it, that's a good point. It, it's really, it really, I think we locked out with two. We did luck out. These are two movies that were nominated for multiple Academy Awards. Yeah. The only thing is January 95, that is sometimes when Oscar movies are out. And if you think oh, about right, it, right. Pulp Fiction came out in uh, like uh, around this that time. But I don't think it hit number one that late. You know what I bet was number one? Tell me. Oh, we're no, we're going to find it. We'll uh, find out. I don't yeah, know we'll find that. out. Yeah. Uh, and then music, and then we'll do headlines, and we'll talk about where we were in our lives. And we both will apparently lie. <laughs> yes. And then we'll try to get away it, with it. And we'll call each other <laughs> right. immediately. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a big thank you, too, to, uh, to Art Howe. Yes, uh, Philip from Hoffman for his. He was sitting in. He's right behind Matt's shoulder. Thanks yes, for coming. Tapping Art. me on the shoulder. That was great. Yeah. That was good. Uh, that's all I got. Okay, cool. We'll see you at the next one. Bye bye.